In my 14 years of public education so far, I don't know if I have ever had a more difficult school year. And that's not me complaining. That's not me being negative. That's just me being really real with you. But I think we can talk about it or we can be about it. And in this episode, what I want us to focus on is how we can be about it. And I think one of the easiest ways to make that happen is by asking fellow teachers really good questions. Sometimes getting feedback, getting ideas, getting just some motivation from another teacher who's struggling can be the answer that changes everything. So what I did recently was I took awesome questions that you guys sent to me via social media. Then I took the top three most frequently submitted and I synthesized those into this episode. And I'm so excited to dive into all three of those epic questions. Now, before we get to those answers, I want to read a five-star review that was left on the Apple podcast app. The title was A Big Old Dose of Positivity. They wrote, everything that Monica says speaks not only to my teacher mind, but also to my soul as an educator. Her laugh makes you feel like a friend. Since I started applying Monica's simple tips, I feel like I'm falling in love with the art of teaching all over again after 20 years in the classroom. Nina Jack, thank you so much for being the listener of the week in this week's episode. Teacher friends, if you haven't left a written review yet and you've been listening to a few episodes, your words, your reflections, your feedback means so much, not just to me, but more importantly to the teachers who are seeking out podcasts right now. The podcast platform, the podcast market is booming particularly with educators right now because we are looking to lean on each other. And when you write a review, other teachers see that and then they're like, "Mm, I got to click download on that. And that's how this works. So take a couple of minutes, do a quick reflection, leave your star reviews and let's keep this teacher life going and let's get this episode going. There is awesome in every single school day. big question. How can teachers like us who love our job, love our students, and love being a part of education celebrate awesome even more in our classrooms and learning communities? Where can we find teaching tips and tricks? Where can we find engaging stories and motivational strategies? That is the question and this weekly podcast is your answer. So welcome to all my teacher friends. My name is Monica Genta and I am so excited that you are here listening to this podcast, This Teacher Life. (music) 
All right, everybody. So you had questions and I've got answers. Now, before I even get started, I want us all to understand that these answers aren't research-based. They don't have all kinds of data to back them. I don't have a bibliography page. I don't, I don't know if that's still what it's called, like a works cited bibliography page. That was a flashback to when I absolutely wrote a book report on Helen Keller in like third grade. But I digress. The point of this episode and the point of these answers are to show you, is to give you an example of what worked for me. And I genuinely believe in the philosophy and the principle of if it works for one teacher, it can work for more teachers. So I wanted to just preface this episode with that. If you're looking for data, mm, wrong podcast. Okay, this is just real, raw, relevant strategies right here. And I think that's what makes it really fun. So the very first question, and goodness, this got submitted in a lot of different ways. And I kind of took how all of you worded it. And here's kind of the theme. The question was, how do we maintain a good attitude after we've had a really bad class period? Another way that some of you said it was, how do we maintain positive momentum when we haven't had a good day or we haven't had a good week? How do we walk back into the school each day or each class period or with each group of students with optimism? And I think that's a valid, really good question. And even if you didn't submit it and you're listening right now and you're thinking, damn, I'm thinking the same thing. Ooh, I just have a really simple strategy that I am using this year and I'm trying to remember that this matters. But I want to just, I want to tell you about it from my standpoint. So for instance, let's say my second hour class, my second hour family, as I call it, struggled. Like they were on the struggle bus and I'm already out of patience and it's only 9.45, right? And I've still got a bunch of classes left for the day. How do I not let that negativity that I'm carrying not impact my next groups of kids for the rest of my day? And I think that is something that we're all finding right now. Our patience is running thin. We're running out of it sooner than we would like. So one thing that I would do in that situation that I'm trying to do more often is as my third hour class comes in, I say something super simple at the start of that period. I would tell my third hour class, third hour family, today you have the opportunity to be my favorite class period so far. I tell them that. I tell them, I don't say things, let me be very clear. I don't say things like, oh my God, second hour was a train wreck and Miss Jenta needs a minute. I don't say that. I don't, they don't, kids don't come in and they're like, hi, Miss Jenta. And I'm like, guys, I need a second. Okay, no. I really try to word it in this way. You, my friends, you, my third hour family, have the opportunity to be my favorite class period of the day. I think that positive tone really does make a difference. And you know what's interesting? Kids pick up on that. 
That's just like life code for, hey, things haven't gone well so far. So let's bring it up a notch. Let's wear our positivity pants for the next 52 minutes. And if you are an elementary teacher and you have the same kids all day long, another way to say that is when they come back from recess or they come back from lunch, you can say like, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, little friends, whatever you call them, right? This afternoon has the opportunity to be my favorite part of the day. I think using that term favorite and spinning it for positivity definitely makes a difference. You're basically rolling out like a challenge. You're essentially throwing it down and saying like, game on, let's make these next two hours awesome. Let's make the rest of our day awesome. And you, as students, have the ability to make that happen. Now, depending on how desperate the situation is, right? Maybe if you're like, oh no, Monica, like I'm struggling beyond like, let's just say we're going to have a great class period. If you need to incentivize this on those really rough days, I'm not judging you. Mm -mm. Nope. If you need to incentivize it and say, all right, fourth hour, mm, you guys have the opportunity to my favorite class period of the day so far. In fact, if you are, then everybody gets a piece of that old man candy. Or we will stop five minutes early and we can do some um, magic magic eight ball motivation. Or you can even incentivize it in a way that's saying, then tomorrow we'll do something great. We're going to play a little heads up seven up. If you need that, if that's going to hit reset for you and it's going to cause positivity in your classroom and it's going to gear kids in the right direction and it's going to turn everything around so you can teach incredible lessons for kids, let's do it. I'm all for it. So to kind of recap that, how do we maintain a good attitude after a bad period? How do we replace awesome with below average? We address it. We address it. And then we potentially incentivize it. That's what we are doing in my classroom. That's what I'm doing with my classroom families. And I absolutely think it could work with yours. But warning, teacher tip, disclaimer, don't mistake this. Don't don't get crusty on me and say things like, guys, it's been horrible today and I need your help. I don't think that's the way to go about it. (laughs) I remember having elementary teachers like literally over 20 years ago who did that that did not motivate me okay you know what it did it just caused kids the whole class period to be like guys shut up mrs hawkins is stressed or guys guys you're giving miss pelham a headache that's what that did right it didn't help the situation it just escalated and highlighted the hard i don't want that to be mistaken for what I'm saying here I'm saying flip it around let's get motivated let's you know I'm a clapper I am use my hands a lot in the classroom so I'm like let's go let's go let's make it awesome there you go okay that was question number one and I really liked that one so thank you so much for for dropping that if you were one of those people who slid into my dms no one is saying that anymore but I felt compelled to say it, okay? All right, question number 
two. Actually, this one was the number one most submitted question by a long shot. And it's about teacher overwhelm, which raise your hand if you're feeling overwhelmed. Okay, every hand just went up. I don't even, I don't even need to pause to wait for it. Every single person on the planet, particularly those in education, are feeling overwhelmed right now. So the question was, how do we continue to stay afloat when we are getting asked to do things that are beyond being just a teacher or being just a para or being just a social worker? Like whatever your role is, how do we basically manage all of this all those extra responsibilities that are getting thrown on us what do we do and I can relate to this I'm feeling you on this because there's been a lot of opportunities for extra this year because of sub shortages and because of of quarantines and just because of the way that that education has evolved there are extra responsibilities and that doesn't mean that there's extra people to fulfill those. So my answer to you is to say no when it is right and to say yes when you can. Oh God, put it on a t-shirt, teacher t-shirt. I'm gonna, I want to say that again. How do we fight the overwhelm? We say no when we need to and we say yes when we can and I want to talk about the difference between those two okay so let me give you an example um recently I got an email um saying hey we would love to have you come to our school Monica and do a student-centered professional development day we want you to lead an assembly for about 400 high school students. We want it to be like an SEL assembly for high school kids. We have had you at our school to do SEL professional development with our teachers and we loved it and it was so great. We actually need the exact same thing for a student assembly right now. And do you know how bad I wanted to say yes to that I wanted to say yes to that that sounds super fun I love doing professional development but I also know that that is not the best way to spend my time right now right we're all managing so many things I'm managing being a classroom SEL teacher I'm managing doing professional development events I'm managing being part of a leadership committee at the school right we all have all of our things and your list might be different than mine but that could not be one more thing that I added to my list. My priorities right now professionally are my students and the schools that I support for professional development with teachers. That list does not contain professional development events for students. As much as I would like for that to happen, as much as that would be super cool, that can't be the use of my time right now. So I said no. And I didn't, I didn't really beat around the bush about it either. I didn't apologize for it. I told that principal exactly what I just told you. I can't do it 
simply because here's why my priorities lie. And in an effort to make sure that those priorities stay that way, I'm going to have to decline and say no. That was a no when I needed to say no. But let me give you of a yes when I could say yes. Yes when it was the right thing to do. So sub shortage is real in American public schools, right? Sub shortage is real. Bus driver shortage is real. The shortage is real. And we had a situation where they couldn't fulfill a sub situation for the art teacher. Well, I know nothing about art. I am not an artistic person in the way that I needed to be to be a sub. But obviously that's fine, right? Like we can step in in situations even if it's not our top curricular backgrounds. But at the same time, I was like, oh shoot, I got a bunch of parents to call. I got a bunch of follow-up from parent-teacher conferences. Like I got a bunch of things. But I was like, okay, but Monica, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, like a 50-minute art class. Like, I can do this. This is okay. Like, this this will be fine. I can say yes to this. And so I think that we can't just be yes people. We can't do that. That leads to even more overwhelm. And we start saying things like, well, I feel bad. Well, they, they needed my help. If we're always yes people, that leads to crazy burnout. And I don't want that for you or me. I don't want that for any of us. But we can't always be no people either. Because if we are always saying no, no, oh, I don't even need to hear the details. I'm out. Mm, yeah, that's a no. Yeah, don't sign me up for that. We become those people that others stop seeking out because they predict our response. And then we wonder why we miss out on good opportunities. It becomes, well, why didn't I get asked to go to that conference? Why didn't I ask to do that, get asked to do that special activity? Why didn't I get asked to participate in this really fun event? Well, because you always say no. Well, I might have said yes to this one. Yeah, but you say no all the time. 100% of the time up to this point, you've said no. So you can't really be mad that in this moment, you missed out. I don't want that for us either. I don't want us to be those no people. So how do we kind of balance all of the roles and responsibility and all of the extra that's being thrown our way? We say no when we need to, and we say yes when we can. And we distinguish the difference between those two scenarios. We are going to get into that third question here in a second. And I'm going to be honest, it is my most favorite question of this episode. But before we do that, I want to tell you about something that is awesome, that is dynamic, and it's coming up on December 1st. Starting on December 1st, I am launching my virtual course titled The Rooted Classroom. This 21-day virtual course is all about me and you and educators from across the country 
joining virtually to dive into relationship building strategies, social and emotional learning ideas, tips and tricks that are gonna build connections with your kids, regardless of your subject area, regardless of the age level that you teach and regardless of where you teach. This is all about getting kids connecting to us so we can build the roots that develop the fruits of education. This 21-day experience has incredibly dynamic videos. There are online discussions that, God, they're so awesome. So many people are sharing ideas that you will literally walk away from this course with hundreds of new things that you can try in your classroom. Not only that, I go live virtually three times, so you can do live virtual Q&A with me. I am there facilitating and supporting you during those 21 days, and I can 100% promise on the last day of that virtual course, you are going to be like, oh my God, best professional development that I have ever taken. It's gonna make you rethink how incredible virtual PD online courses can be. Registration is open right now, and you can check out monicagenta.com slash courses to get signed up. That's monicagenta, G-E-N-T-A dot com slash courses. I will also put a direct link to that in the show notes, but I would love to have you. It's freaking fun. It's freaking flexible. And it's also freaking affordable. I would love to develop rooted relationships with you and your teacher friends during the month of December. So be sure and check out the Rooted Classroom virtual course at monicadensa.com slash courses. All right, we are here with the last question of this episode. And I said that it's my favorite because I really truly think that this is impacting my professional life in a good way. I think it's impacting my personal life in a good way. I think it's impacting my motivation and my momentum in a good way. And it is stemming from the question of how do we create work and home life balance? How do we as teachers separate those two lives that we are living? Our home life and our teacher life. Because as we know, it's really easy to smash those two things together and then lose balance, especially this year. And so I am admittedly one of those people who just doesn't have great work-life balance. I am one of those people who genuinely finds work fun. I, I do like work, not all the time, but I just... I just love the process of like just kicking ass, right? And just plowing through a to-do list and creating. Like those are things that, that charge me up, which means admittedly, I'm terrible at shutting down and shutting off and logging off. I know that about myself. And so one thing that I wanted to do this year for myself, for my friends, for my family, and honestly for my students was to create a strategy that could separate these a little bit better. Because I'm guessing that your life 
looks like, okay, from around eight to around three, I'm teaching. But Lord knows we stay at the school past our contractual time. And then we pack a bunch of shit into our teacher tote and we bring it home. And we then have to like get dinner ready. Maybe there's soccer practice. Maybe there's a church thing. Maybe there's a friend thing. Maybe you're going to the bingo night. Okay. And then we get home and we're stressed and then we're sending emails and we're working on curriculum and we're grading. And maybe our own kids or our own friends or our own family are saying things like, well, it'd be nice to see you every once in a while. But that's kind of like the cycle. Like Monday through maybe Thursday night or maybe Sunday night through Thursday night or maybe even Friday night, that's kind of the structure. And it's go, 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 go. Work, 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 stress, 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 stress. I feel like there was like a song opportunity there. But what I'm saying is there's not balance. And it's difficult to shut off. It's difficult to shut down. So one thing that I'm trying this year, and it's working. I've never done this, um, but it is absolutely working, is I am plowing, plowing one day a week. Now, I talked a little bit about this last season in a different way, but when I say plowing, here's what I mean. One day a week, I am not seeing family. I'm not seeing friends. I'm not doing things um, outside of working after school. So that means that I get home from school and I literally continue doing school at my house. I'm writing curriculum, or I'm answering emails, or I'm planning for future lessons, or I'm grading. And I literally do that until 10 p.m. And then I go to bed. So there's no shut off. I just keep the momentum going. But I only do that one day a week. And then the rest of the days of the week, I'm not doing any of that. I'm not writing curriculum. I'm not answering emails on my phone while everyone else is watching, you know, America's Got Talent, okay? So I am saying I'm going to stack everything on one night. And then that means the other nights are getting way more quality time with friends or family or whatever that might look like. Now, some of you might be thinking like, oh, Monica, okay, I got kids. That's totally not going to work. And so I think that is going to look different for every family structure. If you have kids and you also have a spouse or a significant other that lives with you, that might mean that on your one day, you take your teacher bag to the Starbucks and you work at the Starbucks till it closes. That might mean that for you. That might mean that your spouse or significant other takes the kids and they go to the Chuck E. Cheese, okay? I don't know if the Chuck E. Cheese is still open, but that would be awesome if it was, okay? So takes them out and it's like it's like pizza night, okay? And that does cost a little bit of money, but that means you're in your home doing everything until bedtime. And so maybe for you, that needs to be like eight o'clock or nine o'clock, depending on the age of your kids. Maybe you're like, well, I don't have kids, but that would really make my boyfriend or my wife or my husband or my girlfriend or my roommates really mad if they just didn't see me at all one night well, maybe this is actually a really good opportunity for them to do something with friends. Maybe they need to do this exact same thing in their job, in their occupation. 
Maybe you guys coordinate a calendar and say, hey, here's when I'm doing a work night. And for you, that might be a work night. And for them, it might be a football night or it might be a a girl's night, right? But it's a work night for you in the intention of every other night of the week, you're more present. You're more there. You're more involved. You're not multitasking, not giving the people in your life who love you less attention. For me, what I am finding is this works really well for me to do it on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Those are the two nights that I've tried this on and I've been doing it. I build it into my calendar. I either do it on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night and I just crush. Like I plow through the to-do list. In fact, this is what I did last night and I went to bed at 1015. So, I mean, it's a long day. I'm getting up at 545 and going to bed at 1015 and in between there, I literally stopped once for food and that was it. But it was worth it because I'm going to tell you, I woke up this morning feeling (laughs) pumped. Had one of the greatest days that I've had in a while in my classroom because I think, you know how nice it was to see a nearly empty to-do list? And do you know how nice it is that like my sister's birthday is coming up and I'm going to not feel any stress when I meet up with my sister and her husband and our family and our parents and we get to have dinner together and I'm not freaking out about how far behind I am as a teacher like that's going to be awesome so another way to say this is how do we create home and work life balance we make it unbalanced for one day of the week that's how we do it that's working for me that might not work for you you might be like no I need to do it two hours every single day I think it's going to depend on your personal preference how you work with with other people if you're a single parent that's obviously going to look and sound a lot different huge shout out huge huge kudos to all of you single parents out there that might mean that you're coordinating with a babysitter or maybe a family member to watch the kiddos to try this out but it is working and i'm going to continue to block a night that is unbalanced it's very unbalanced but that's going to create balance for the rest of the week. And those are the three questions. And those were the three answers. I hope that you heard something or felt something or, I don't know, maybe laughed at something, maybe got goosebumps over something, maybe shed a tear over something from this episode. If you loved it and you're like, man, that was good, will you do me a favor? Screenshot this, okay? Screenshot it on your phone. There, there was a sound. That was a screenshot sound. And then I want you to share this on Facebook, on Instagram, on whatever, wherever you're doing social media, Twitter, right? Okay. And I want you to let other people know about this because I love this. This is one of the priorities of my professional life is creating this free weekly motivation tips and tricks platform for teachers like you because I think that matters and because that matters that means I'm not doing student assemblies this year because this is something that I've said no this is important for teachers I'm doing PD with teachers not PD with students students deserve it I'm just not the right person for that and so right 
is about priorities. This is about balance. This is about roles. This is about when to say yes, when to say no. And I want to thank you for saying yes to being here with me. I want to say thank you for saying yes to subscribing to this teacher life. I am wishing you guys all an incredible fall and an incredible winter season with your students. Thank you for joining me in this episode, and I cannot wait to drop next week's. Guys, thank you for doing what you do, and thanks for being a part of this teacher life.